0: Yeah, what's up everybody? It's me, it's me, and uh, I was out till 5 o'clock in the morning, obviously, and uh, I just ran, just fell through the door, like Kramer, fell through the door like Kramer with a coffee, so we're about to uh, reboot, get going, yeah, how you doing everybody, where's everybody at, what's going on with you? I, uh, I nearly, I nearly nailed it. I nearly gave you intro. It went like this. Maybe we restart. Okay, we're beginning. Woo, woo! Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's what's up. Now we got, uh, we got sound effects. We got sound effects. Yes, we do. What's going on with everybody? Uh, The home setup gets ever more sophisticated. You can't see the desk. I need to get a second camera so you can see the desk. The desk has been an incredible, incredible mess. For, uh, you know, since... How long we have been in this house? Month? Two months? How long have we been doing Ask Akira again? However that long it is. Anyway, I had an epiphany of wire tidying. Wire tidying. Ooh. And uh, yeah, the epiphany was, well, I've got this big old desk. If I had like a sort of like wooden structure running through the middle, I could route all the wires through that. I have my whole DJ sets up here. You see that on Sunday nights on the DJ streams, right? Anyway, I was like, yo, planter, planter boxes. So I went to uh, the garden center and bought two planter boxes. They got holes in them. They're wooden. They're beautiful. All the wires run through them. The desk is beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful aesthetic miracle. All my stuff is here. I got that button. I got that button. It's just neat. It's neat and beautiful. So, yeah. Uh. I forgot to do my hair so my hair is fluffy so shout out to everyone who's watching this enjoy the fluffy hair and uh, I would like to take this opportunity to um, while we get ready for the international high five and to do the international high five I need everyone who's locked in live to tell me where they are uh, yeah I need you to tell me where you are and uh, oh wow so last week We had a termite infestation. You were right, it was termites. Everyone, it was the people on stream informed me what the creatures were. It was crazy, right? It started off, uh, there was like two on the windowsill at the beginning of the stream and then there was scores of them by the end. And uh, they were all crawling at my leg and I looked down when I switched off the camera and all around the bottom of my chair, they were swarming. I don't know where they came from, what it meant. They didn't come back afterwards. Uh, We got rid of them and then we sprayed them with vinegar. They don't like vinegar. Turns out. Anyway, uh, today I've got a wasp. So, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Uh, in come the places. We've got Ireland. Nice. Anyway, yo, uh, well, we're waiting to do the high five. If anyone has a drink out there, uh, let's do what, what Scott Adams does, which is the simultaneous sip. Hey. Yeah. Oh, shit. They gave me a double shot. Nice. Nice. All right. So, uh, yeah, we've got a double shot. We're going to get this thing kicking it's gonna be great it's gonna be great let's see if uh, we have some questions I literally just fell through the door like Kramer all right I haven't even uh, looked at the questions yet let's see if Sir Peppers essentially the questions that he has what a reliable what a reliable gentleman Sir Peppers is it's so nice to have reliable people in the world in your life in the vicinity, reliable people, just making the world a better place. And uh, that's what Sir Pappas has done right here. He sent through some questions and uh, that's lovely. So we will answer them. We will answer them. have you been? It's been another crazy week. Time continues to speed up bafflingly. It simultaneously feels like about a month since the last Ask Akira and like a day, right? Do you get that? The other thing that's been happening this week, by the way, I'll mention this on Twitter. I've been having random memories falling out of my head. Random memories falling out of my head. Like stuff I haven't thought about since it first happened uh, decades ago. Decades ago. Just falling out of my head. And then it kind of just falls back in again, just sort of evaporates. But it's like, I'll just suddenly have like a fragment of some shit that happened when I was 8 or some shit that happened when I was 16 or some shit that happened when I was 23 or something and uh yeah I don't know why I don't know if anyone else has had that I asked on twitter lots of other people on twitter were saying that they'd had that lots of people lots of people anyway so we're going to do the international high five because this is an international stream it's an international stream. So Pepper says the black coffee is the best coffee. I know it's trendy to say that. I know it's trendy to say that. But uh, I, I've, uh, I, I'm have i identifying as hipster. And I have an oat milk cappuccino. So there. That's on the... Hey, by the way, I don't know why, but today the camera is picking up my palm tree really nicely. Really nicely. Uh, should I kill this wasp? I don't know what to do about this wasp I'm not really into harming little woodland creatures or whatever this guy is, but I don't like him buzzing near my head. It's a tricky thing, man. You know, top of the dominance hierarchy. We could, like, I could kill every fucking creature that encounters me and I choose not to, but this guy, meh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, yo, shouts out to everyone locked in, particularly everyone who was in early. Uh, Gregory Witcher gets first. First award, hey, that's a new thing. I think I might start doing the first award. Hey, Gregory Witcher, you're first. Yeah, you get some, you get some serious sound effects. Henry Palver says, "I see the dawn is fashionably late." I'm pretty sure I was one minute late. Is that fashionably late? Is that fashionable? Is it fashionable to be one minute late? Pretty sure you have to be a bit more late than that. How dare you? Uh, yeah, Alexander K.R., Henry Pover, JMCG is in Ireland. What's up? Uh, yeah. What's up, Ireland? Shouts out to Ireland. Shouts out to Daniel Sand. Shouts out to David Ewing. Hey. Glob, glob, glab glab. What? Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, how dare you? Uh, hello, darling. Hi, Wife is walking by. She's here in shop. Yeah. She's been out on the roof cooking eggs. Like a civilized Los Angelino. Civilized Los Angelinos. who we'll would just be out on the roof cooking eggs. She's just got a torch. Where are you going? What are you doing? i I'm getting camping stuff from. Ooh, she's getting camping stuff ready. Why? We're going camping! We're about to take our first holiday ever. Literally ever. We're about to go camping for two days. And this will be our first holiday ever! Hercules Charlotte and I the the beautiful little thing that is our family. We're going to take our first holiday ever and go camping very excited Very excited. All right. Daniel Wilkie is in Scotland. Gregory is in South Kakalaki. Yeah um, Yeah, where's everyone else global Glabba Glabba is a Brit in the US good for you Daniel Sands in North Carolina Carolina, Sir Peppers is in GA. Shouts out to Hurricane Dorian all day long. Shouts out to Hurricane Dorian. Uh, Yeah. Daniel Wilkie's in Scotland, Glasgow. Yes, Brandon Williams in Cayman. You know, it's it's an international stream. This is just, you know, we're international people. And we're gonna do the international high five. Right now, aim for the elbow, keep it strong. Piss off wasp. Three, two, one, splash. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's how we go down, and um, yeah, it fuzzed up the screen. That's a beautiful thing. Anders says uh, from Dark in Denmark, "I'm smoking weed." To this, ask Akira, "What are your thoughts on weed and substances in general?" You know, I think, I think that um, humans, humans are cyborgs, just pretty much from the off, cyborgs from the off. What's um? What's my guy? What's my meaning crisis, dude? national born cyborgs, he says. You know, clothes are technology. When you first, when we first picked up a rock and caved in some annoying guy's skull, that was technology. So all these things are technology. Weed is a technology, and it can be a useful technology. If I've been out DJing uh, till three in the morning, whatever, I get back here, my brain is all crazy. I'm. And uh, I don't want to be wide awake until 5, 6 in the morning. Uh, i pop a 5, 10 milligram uh, weed edible gummy, which are are legal here in Los Angeles. And uh, that shit will chill me out. And I'll be able to go to bed and get up again. You know, that's useful. That's useful. That's useful. And, um, you know, back in the day, I used to find weed was very useful for making music. I used to find I found it very good for really zoning in on mixing or editing a video or stuff of that nature. These days, I don't do it. And the reason I don't do it is that um, when I have weed, I can't answer emails. I just can't answer emails. I don't know why. Because I know some people who are very, very productive in those sorts of areas with weed, but I literally can't answer an email if I've had weed. It's like, I can't do that. I can make 500 records, I can mix an album. Uh, I can do anything creative, I can do anything sort of like cognitive or in a sort of creative cognitive fashion, but can't answer an email, can't do anything involving that side of life. And I have to do a lot of things involving that side of life because, you know, I run a business. I'm not just sat here on my ass like being creative. You know, 50% of what I do is business. Yeah. So, you know, I think all of these things have, have their uses, I think, that... We abuse these things, and that's down to discipline. It's like, oh, this thing's dope. I'm just going to keep doing this dope thing. It's like, that's a very undisciplined attitude, mister. Why did you do it in the first place? What was it for? All that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, and also, you know, I've, I'm, uh, I've got responsibilities these days. When you're, like, when you're, I don't know, young or whatever, like super young, and you don't have responsibilities, you have more room in your life for that sort of thing. Orinoco uh, Wellington says get those shoulders back oh, thanks see it's, ow yeah shoulders back you have to keep reminding yourself of these things it's amazing it's amazing uh, yeah Julie says I'm sure they're not random what were we saying was random is this the insects is this the wasp it's not a random wasp but, but you know maybe this is one of my ancestors just just hanging out you yeah. know might be. And if I killed it, it would be very rude. Daniel Wilkie says I've started watching Doctor Who. Why? Just got to season four. If you watched it, no. Um, not all British people watch Doctor Who. I saw some of them when I was young. I guess it's like it's a kids show. Yeah, Doctor Who is a kids show. Um, you know. So yeah, you, see, do you know what? Like I have this guy on my arm. He's called Death's Head. You can see him. He's upside down. He first started life in a in a Doctor Who comic, in a Marvel UK, which was a UK and, uh, wing of the Marvel comics uh, publishing. Beer moth. <laughs> so I have got some love in my heart for that whole thing, but yeah, I didn't. You know, it's not like I watched Doctor Who with any kind of religiosity. I don't watch anything. I don't watch anything, actually. I don't watch any TV anymore. Uh, the last thing I watched was Game of Thrones, and you know that. Obviously, that did what that did, uh, which was uh, end in about the worst, worst way you possibly could. That show had the most intergalactic, Goliath, Galactian quality drop-off of any artwork I've ever seen. It literally, at one point, was the greatest human achievement. No, it was close. It was like it was up there it was one of the greatest human achievements and then it it just launched itself into the abyss of awful and here we are the pie man david goggins album on itunes question mark not for not not now um i currently don't have permission to release that in those places so hopefully that changes at some point but it's not right at this second Right this second. So right the second, it's exclusively available on YouTube and Bandcamp. You can get it on Bandcamp. You can go download it there, and then you can have it on your iDevice. You can have it in your iTunes. So you can do that. Um, yeah. Those who have swords but keep them sheathed will inherit the world, says Sir Pappas. Sir Peppers is right, as he often is, as he often is. Uh, Rafone Buffon says when's the Gary V meaning wave coming out? No pressure. Yeah, the album's completed. So I mean it was completed last week and uh, It's with Gary V's team right now, so waiting We're waiting on on Gary V's team on that one. So that album is done. It's ready to go as soon as I have The okay, it will be it will be with you Meanwhile, I just launched straight into the next album straight into the next string and um, that has been a very intense week working on that. And uh, stage one of the process of that is done, which means that all of the songs are written, arranged, laid out, the sort of foundational music elements are all there, the beats are all there type thing. Um, My guy Two More Vs is doing his thing and adding some extra instrumentation to the tracks. Then I'll be mixing those next week and that will be done. That will be done. Yeah. Um, Adam Book. Sorry for the deep question. Oh shit. Here we go. Uh, But how do you deal with friends who have died? Wow. Still remembering shit for years ago like you. Tried to keep going like a savage, but these memories still occur to me. Memories are okay. Memories are perfectly okay. It's what you do with them. And that's always a choice. Like... Uh, it's always a case of reminding yourself that you are not your thoughts you are that which observes your thoughts so you can observe the thoughts coming in and uh, you can then decide whether you're going to engage with them uh, if you're going to go into them if you're going to lean into those thoughts and, and investigate their source and investigate what they mean now or what they meant before things of that nature or you can allow them to drift off and then they'll come back again maybe, but you, you do the same thing. You have to, and you have to practice that. It's a daily thing to practice because you need to do it every day. Every day you need to remind yourself that you are not your thoughts, you are that which observes your thoughts. And in the same way you are not your emotions, you are that which is aware of the emotions, and becomes aware of the emotions, and that way you can regulate yourself, you can regulate your behavior, and you can regulate how you react to the world and to your inner world. So you're in a world so you know these memories will fall out your head randomly and if you're not practicing that that um uh, i don't know if mindfulness is the right word maybe it is i don't really know what mindfulness is i need to look into it maybe that's what it is it certainly seems like it could be the right word but anyway if you're practicing that then the memories can't uh derail you or hurt you or confuse you or take you over but they can serve as, as useful things. You know, They can remind you of where you came from. They can remind you of lessons you've learned. They can remind you of people who've meant things to you, who've helped you, who've, you know, sometimes I remember people who wronged me, and, and I'm suddenly grateful because I realize what it was that I learned as a result of that. Uh, Count Dankula was on Alex Jones yesterday. It came up in my YouTube recommendations last night. Uh, about half four in the morning. So I put that on and uh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It was so entertaining. It was so funny. It's like, wow, I've missed this. I don't know, you're like, it was entertaining and funny and sweet and like also, and also you know, they're very passionate about the things they believe in, but it was entertaining and funny and sweet. And Alex Jones told a story of how uh, when he was at school he was a nice boy. He was a nice sweet boy and he liked art. And he liked drawing and he liked fishing and all that. And then they moved him to a new school. And basically in the school, he was just getting beaten up all the time. So he had to learn how to fight and he, and he fought back and he find himself fighting back every day and the teachers weren't helping him. So he just had to do it himself. And he says he got in 150 serious fights. And he says that unlocked something in him, that unlocked a savage a savage deep within him and he's like but it was good it wasn't a bad it was it was good because then it, it gave him the the courage and the passion to fight in his life and that's exactly what happened to me it's exactly what happened to me i, I got sent to the school and uh, it was just fight, man everyone was just like picking on me all the time but i wasn't going to take the picking on so i would fight back you know and i was little i was a little kid and I, had no, I wasn't sporty, I'd not done any sport, but I'd still fight back. And I was in fights every day, every king day. And that unlocked a savage in me. And I remember one day, this this fat kid called Simon, uh, he was like a henchman of one of the big bully kids. And he was like, oh, I can get some cool points by by kicking, picking, kicking this guy, little Adam. I was called Adam in those days. And um, so he came at me and I was like, You've got uh, a governor on you in physical situations and you're always holding back because you don't want to kill people, really. And really, you don't want to hurt people. I mean, I never did. I never wanted to hurt anybody in my life. This kid just fucking came at me and something switched and, like, I switched off the governor and I just went in on this kid and I beat the shit out of this kid. I've never beat the shit out of anyone. but Previously, I'd always just managed to kind of, like, protect myself or stop myself getting too battered. But, like... I beat the shit out of this kid and uh, he was done after that because it was like I'd beat him up so he was kicked out of his, his group he wasn't allowed to be friends with the bully guys anymore and, and he had to go sit with the, with the kids on the art table or whatever after that but that unlocked a savage in me and uh, I I'm really glad it did I'm really glad it did because that made me what I am now and it made me what I've been throughout my life which is pretty uncompromising with regards to, uh, standing up for myself and being myself and expressing myself and kind of embracing my sovereignty, you know, my sovereignty as a, as an individual experiencing this world. So you know, memories, man, there's a use in all of these things. You just got to make it work for you. you got to use them for you and make sure that they're useful. It's like my rules in life before I put anything out are, is it useful? And now my more recent one is before I let anything in, is it useful or how can I make it useful? And there's always a way of making it useful and there's always usefulness to find. So thank you Adam Buick for the deep question. Uh, Yeah, let's answer a question that's been submitted in advance. Let's do that. Where are my questions that were submitted in advance? Uh, that was last week's oh these are last week's that's okay those are last week's questions why are those last week's questions we want 42 we want 42 that's what we want here's 42 oh wow okay great marvelous wonderful I uh, hope you're having a lovely lovely day if you're listening to this I hope you're having a wonderful week. I hope you're having a wonderful life. I really do. I really do. I think you deserve a wonderful life. Um, and I think if you don't have one, I think it's something that you can achieve. I honestly do. I've seen people with incredibly unwonderful lives create wonderful lives. And oh my goodness, we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions, brothers and sisters, this week. So... Yeah, let's get into it. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, Anna Sabu Can you do more Joe Rogan's please much love man? Uh, Yeah, I've uh, actually got another Rogan single Done ready to go. So I might drop that soon. I guess I really need to get uh, Rogan's permission to release the record So yeah, I need to get in touch with Joe Rogan I've emailed via the contact form on the website, but didn't hear anything same with Joey Diaz, actually. Uh, I've yet to be able to get in touch with Joey Diaz and I really want Joey Diaz's permission to release the song w- we did and uh, to make an album. I wanna make a Joey Diaz album. Harafinur, uh, Arnafjal, first off, I apologize for butchering your name, but what are you gonna do? From a technical standpoint, how have you managed to set yourself up for flow and seemingly instant realization of your creative intuition? Good, Good question. Is it the template to end all templates or is it sticking to the same well-known tools or what is it? What is it? I'm asking as a music maker. Despite the frequent and easily accessible bliss of creative flow, my experience turns to frustration and visceral agony. As soon as recording enters the picture, I know exactly what I want but not how to effortlessly realize it despite knowing my digital audio workstation well. You seem to have figured that out. Even for music video making, which you're equally great at. Hey, thank you very much. Yes, you're right. Here's uh, something that I learned from Tom Waits. who had a great song called Little Man. Little man, which is uh, basically like advice for a young man, fatherly advice for a young man. And uh, in that line, he says, Ghosts. Uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And the same could be said for flow. So preparation is, is key. And uh, I ha- and it's, I think of it in, as macro and micro, everything in life is macro and micro. Nature creates the same patterns in the heavens as he does in the dirt. And uh, you should think of everything in life in that fashion. So I have overall templates. And then for each album I do, I create a, a specialized template for that album that will have drum kits and sound banks and things loaded up and ready so that when I jump into the project it's like everything's just there and ready for me to go pew pew pum-pum-pum. and I can move fast fast and I have you know I have templates set up for vocal recording and I have my studio set up in such a fashion that if I have a vocal idea and I wish to record it then I can what is this um, wife's phone so I've got like a mic on my desk so I can quickly get down a vocal idea but then I've got the vocal booth to record it properly basically I have everything set up in such a fashion that there is as little friction as possible between me and the execution of the idea and what that means is for every album I spend a week preparing and then uh, you know overall once a quarter I'll spend like a good portion of a week kind of just going through my computer going through my sounds going through my instruments and doing just a general kind of uh, major prep. I do the same with my DJ. I do on Saturdays, I do a couple hours of DJ prep and then once a month I do a bigger session, you know, so it's, it's preparation, 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 and you want to factor in preparation. A lot of people just don't factor in preparation as being part of the process or part of the amount of time something's going to take. But what I find is if I spend a week preparing, then when I execute that takes a fraction of the time that it otherwise would. Uh, this is, you know, a great example of this is that I just, you know, uh, this time next week, another album will be done and that will have taken a record two weeks. And that's really down to preparation. Preparation. So, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, Joram Boss says, when will you be on the Joe Rogan podcast? Uh, Book them and they will come, as Wayne and Garth said to Aerosmith. Uh, Devin, you know, so when I'm asked, basically, when, if. I assume it's when uh Devin says what keeps you going Devin Triantos what keeps you going what keeps you positive what's been the great struggles of your life I'm a huge fan soul fan I found your music at a perfect time maybe found me thank you that's a lot of questions Devin that's a lot of question a lot of question a lot of questions what keeps you going meaning what keeps you positive context And uh, yeah, context. So yeah, context. So it's, you know, the awareness that I am at the greatest time to be alive in recorded human history. There has never been a better time to be alive. That's just facts. That's just data. That's just a wasp buzzing around on the windowsill, reminding me, I don't know why he's there. And uh, it's never been better. And it could be so much worse, so much worse. You can moan about this, that, and the other. There are problems with the contemporary world, certainly. But my God, would you rather be any, any other place in time? You go, oh, well, it was much simpler back in the day. Yeah, but you were a lot more likely to die a lot earlier of, a lot more, of many horrible things. You were a lot more likely to get killed. You were a lot more likely to be drafted into a war. Every generation prior to the boomers was drafted into a goddamn war every generation and how a bunch of those boomers were actually, you know, like, so yes, context, context. Uh, what was the rest of the question? So yes, meaning keeps me going. Context keeps me positive and the great struggle of my life. What's the great struggle of your life? The great struggle of my life has been with myself and continues to be and will forever be. And for a long time, I didn't realize my struggle was with myself. I thought my struggle was with the world. I thought the world was unfair. I thought that, you know, the elites, and the powers that be, and all these things were conspiring to make life hard, and make life awful. And uh, I externalized many of my problems. I blamed things on other people. Oh, my parents, oh, my upbringing. Oh, the things in the this, that, and the other. It wasn't until I looked within the, and, and started uh, combating there and then started having real success. Like, oh shit, oh shit, find the answer within as the Boo Radley song went. And I can't, don't know who that was quoting, but it was quoting someone. So I realized that actually the struggle was with myself and I realized it was myself that I had to vanquish and uh, work on. And that the world as I experienced it was an externalization of everything within. And ever since I worked that out, shit has been going way better. Way, way better. And every day, I'm at war with myself and every day there is a small victory. And tomorrow there will be another battle. And every day there will be fresh battles. And some you win and some you lose. But it's a war and it's going on your whole life. And at the end of that war, you will die. And what an adventure that will be. What an adventure that will be, oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad the music found you, and I'm glad you're here, and thank you for your question. Devin Bielgec, I can't pronounce anyone's names today, says, does your son enjoy being a part of your process and having been in your music videos? Yeah, my son loves everything that we do together. He loves spending time with me, he loves hanging out. He loves being creative. He's a magical, magical, wonderful, wonderful little guy. Little. He's huge. He's grown so much, it's baffling. He's only six. He's like he's like up to my shoulder or some shit, like practically. He's a, he's a slender, tall, powerful, beautiful boy. And yeah, he loves doing stuff with me. And he loves being creative. And it's a joyful thing. But i tell you one thing. I don't push him. I don't like... I'm not like, you need to be making beats, blah, blah, blah. I kind of... Um, try and let him move in directions that he wants to move in and try and help him do the things he wants to do and um, yeah anyway yeah it's a wonderful thing get a kid if you can i would definitely recommend getting a kid if you can get a bunch of kids man i mean it's useful to have an army in these times we all need protection we're all going to need help in our old age yeah hoax de Payne says kira send your son to harrow what's harrow What's Harrow? Doesn't sound very nice. Sounds creepy. Uh Anders says, Do you need rights when sampling music? Yeah, uh, technically yes. Technically yes you do. Certainly, you know, if you're gonna release it in um places where people are paying for it. I don't know. Uh very frank, well frankly, it's an interesting thing. Um a lot of early rap music is not on Spotify. The early Ice-T albums, Deva Soul records, stuff like that. And it's because back in the day, people just sampled at will. Boom, boom, boom. They didn't think about it. They didn't, you know. And this Till, Bismarck got sued. And then it was like, oh, shit, we can't do that anymore. So a lot of those early rap albums are not on Spotify and things of that nature because of uncleared samples, uncleared samples. And that's why, uh, you know... Uh, certain records aren't on spotify of mine because i haven't yet got clearance for them so yes that's a thing that's the world and uh i believe that we're approaching a time because here's the thing if you upload a piece of music to youtube the algorithm will usually work out if it contains something copyrighted so this stuff is getting way way more sophisticated so we're approaching a time when i believe you any record you upload the algorithms will be able to Isolate everything that's contained within it and then we can have systems where the people who created those component parts can get um, remunerated, and you can you can just split up the piece and any revenue that it generates will automatically go to whoever created which part which means whoever created the chop snare That's not it That's the chop snare You'll hear that snare on 90% of records at the moment so whoever created that would get rich, rich. I say rich. I say, Oh, uh, thank you. Theo Ohio for the super chat Thee, Sorry. The Ohio, the Ohio says it's a beautiful day to be alive. That is factual. It really is. By the way, let me know if these sound effects are too loud. I haven't checked that. <laughs> Yeah. The Eccentric Naturalist. Not to beat a dead horse, as I'm sure everyone is asking, but will there be a JBP Wave Sevens come after JBP Wave Paradise? Guess who's working on the new JBP record right now? Guess what's been working on for the past week? Uh, I would follow me on Instagram if I was you, because Instagram is where I post previews. Previews. Oh, I, I post like behind-the-scenes type stuff. I post behind-the-scenes stuff on Instagram in the story and I've started posting a few just on the main picture I posted this yesterday It's never been better than this Mm -hmm. And it could be so much worse Oh shit It's never been better than this And it could be so much worse It's It's never been been better than this And it could be so much worse Never been better And it could be so much worse So that's the song from uh, what I believe is going to be called JBP wave father or the father I don't know if it's called father or the father but anyway um, yeah, that's the record that I finished tracking, arranging, laying out, etc. last night I was in the studio until 3.30 in the morning so yeah, so there you go world exclusive world exclusive that's what's up with that that's what's up with that yeah Yeah Uh, Drone Racer says rights to IP last too long should be free to all after a short limited time Tricky thing, isn't it? It keeps getting extended. It used to be 50 years after thing. I think it existed for 50 years It was then anyone could use it and uh, Disney keeps sort of Suing because they don't want Mickey Mouse to become open source essentially like Popeye's Popeye is now in the public domain if you want to use as a logo for your company or something you can You can. Yeah. Joran says, why is your beard such a different color from your hair? Well, it's because I bleach my hair (laughs) and I don't bleach my beard. That's the answer to that. That was pretty easy. I like it when you have an easy question, an easy question. Thank you for the easy question, my friend. I appreciate you. Uh, Cindy Bailey says, who was your first philosophical love? Musically mine was Peter Murphy and then I hear Alan Watson being God mind-blown Yeah, thanks first philosophy philosophical first love Musically it's an interesting question is a very interesting question. I was uh, very interested in Questions of the mind and the soul and the spirit from as long as I can remember long as I can remember Shit, man. It's a hard question. Maybe it was Morrissey. Does Morrissey count? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It was comic books, you know, comic books. The comic books of, of the likes of, uh, Grant Morrison and Alan Moore and people like that.
1: I loved,
0: man. I loved. Oh man. I found something that really like sort of gave me some strange feelings, some strange feelings. I had a memory fall out of my head yesterday, and it was a memory of being eight years old and reading a Todd McFarlane Illustrated Spider-Man comic for the first time. I was in hospital. My dad bought me a stack of American comics, and they were these, uh, I always loved Spider-Man from when I was very little. My mum painted them on my bedroom wall when I was two. And I had these Spider-Man comics, and they were the Todd McFarlane-drawn ones. And it had, you know, it was when Venom first appeared. I had the very first Venom appearances, and there was this wonderful one with the lizard and stuff. But um, around that period, Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider-Man, was married. He was married to a beautiful, curvaceous redhead called Mary Jane Watson Parker. She was a model and an actress, and she was completely different to him in every way. And she challenged him. And uh, she met, he was like, I guess, a kind of working-class socialist sort of a type, I guess, a lot of leaning in that direction you know, wasn't very good at making money, probably kind of thought that money was bad, stuff of that nature, and she was, you know, she really encouraged him to make money and to go out there and be the best him, and she loved him and encouraged him, but she also challenged him and inspired him, and she also, like, banged the shit out of him, like, regularly. There's some panel I posted yesterday where, like, he's really knackered and stuff. He was up till five in the morning web-slinging, and he's got to wake up and go and make some money, and, like, she, she wakes him up by, like, slipping off her negligee and you know, being all sultry, and it's like, I was like, damn! I want that for me. I want that for me. I want a like a hot, cool, amazing wife who's different to me and challenges at me, and and you know is amazing in all these respects. And now I have one, and it really weirded me out looking at this comic because Mary Jane Watson Parker in the comic, as she's illustrated there, looks just like my wife. It was crazy. She looked just like her. It's like, damn! I basically manifested that. And then I started feeling bad for like kids today, because like. Uh, you know, like that kind of relationship, an aspirational relationship, but you don't see it very often in contemporary media. It's kind of weird. Even Spider Man now, like Spider Man when I was a kid, uh Spider-Man was like hard working, uh really took personal responsibility very seriously, that was his defining characteristic. Uh you know, he had this this wife, beautiful wife, this, that and the other. Nowadays he's like this kind of like lame geek, sort of like just lame just laming around the place being sort of apologetic and sort of uh second fiddle to like everybody in his story it's very weird he doesn't seem to have much agency anymore um he certainly doesn't seem to take personal responsibility both those movies they made recently seem to be about him not taking responsibility and i suppose maybe he kind of paid for that but he didn't like in that first movie, it was all his fault, all the bad stuff that happened and he didn't really make it right. Anyway, whatever. But yeah, it is interesting. You know, from a very early, early age, I had, I was, I kind of, my life now manifested stuff that I wanted as a child. And a lot of the stuff I wanted as a child, I wanted because of the stuff I was reading and looking at and stuff of that nature. So this stuff is important. This stuff is important. James Burgess says, do you like the vibe better at No Vacancy or Good Times at Davey Wayne's? Those are places that I DJ. Well, I, I don't DJ at Davey Wayne's anymore. I quit DJing at Davey Wayne's because they put a sofa in the middle of the dance floor. And, uh, you know, that's, I, can't, I can't do that. My whole thing, I, I saw, I I saw someone the other day, actually, a DJ. And uh, he was saying, oh, man, I heard about you. I heard so much about you. They were all talking about you at the W Hotel, and how you had uh, Davy Wayne's on a Sunday it was just the most lit club they'd ever been to, and it was just the craziest night they'd ever seen, and da 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 and all this, and like, you know, that was my thing, man. It's like create a party, create a transcendent experience, and Davy Wayne's is like a, a bar. It's like a '70s time machine in Hollywood, and you go through the a fridge and you're in the 70s. So it's only 70s music and stuff of that nature, but it's like, I would treat that like I was Daft Punk making an album. And it, the the purpose of the album was to create a transcendent experience for the people in the room at that exact moment. So I was doing like a lot of kind of like live remixing and looping and sampling and stuff, but only 70s material and just created. It was really nice. It was really joyful. And it's an example of when limits can be really useful creatively because the limits were, nothing after 1979, that was my limit, so I worked within those parameters, and created something that otherwise never would have been created, otherwise never would have happened, you know, and uh, so I did love that about good times, but I'm not there anymore, I'm, uh, currently uh, my regular DJ gig is good, is sorry, is no vacancy, on Saturdays, and I've been doing Wednesdays as well, but Um, Saturdays is the one I would advise you go to. If you're going to go to one, that's, that's the lit one. That's super lit, super lit. Uh, Patah says, Hey Akira, any tips for a piano beginner? Big love to everyone here. Do you know what? I need to learn to play piano properly. The way I play piano is really slowly and by ear and be like, and kind of like hitting notes until I get the right one and then working out the sequence and then repeating that sequence. So I've literally been thinking I should take some time out of my schedule to learn piano properly. So, yeah, any tips? Yeah, learn learn it now. Learn it now because you won't regret it. You'll be glad you did. Something I wish I'd done before, frankly. Uh, Ryan says, when did your fandom of Grant Morrison start? Well, Grant Morrison is, is one of the greatest uh, writers of all time. And uh, he's, he's a, a friend of mine these days, which is it's very, very cool having like high level, like being friends with somebody who operates at a very, very high level. It's really cool because you can learn so much from them. And... Uh, yeah it's dope and um, man I don't know man I mean I think I read Arkham Asylum when I was 10 maybe but uh, it was The Invisibles that made me like really love Grant Morrison and uh, then I really loved uh, The Filth I have I have the monkey the communist space monkey from The Filth tattooed on my back Uh, the asshole monkey (laughs) Uh, I really loved his Final Crisis stuff I really love the stuff he does with Jack Kirby's characters. There's a story he did with uh, uh, Bob. Shoot, why have I forgot his name? The escape artist character uh, from Jack Kirby's Fourth World. His name's from escaped me. Anyway, it's one of the best things I've ever read. It's so heartbreaking, so tragic, and then so wonderful. I, don't, I can't spoiler it, really. Graham Morrison is really, really good at writing people into the worst situations possible and then showing you how that actually can be good and they they might be dead they might be paralyzed they might be you know the worst thing or possible might have happened to them dead children all sorts of but like somehow somehow grant morrison shows you how that can be transformative in, in a u- useful a good way weirdly um, yeah yeah just consistent just consistent greatness from grant morrison consistent greatness and work that's just so multi-layered and so dense. One page, you could be looking, reading one page, rereading one page for years and find new depth within it. Uh, yeah. Damn, damn! How the hell have we been going for fifty minutes already? I've, I've got a ton of questions left. Shoot! All right, I need to I need to get in. I need to get in. Uh, Wm. Oh no, sorry, Gregory Witcher. No, where are we? Cindy Bailey. Tristan. Tristan Statenberg says, how do you think about productivity in working with others? Oh uh, as in how how would hyper productivity work when working with others? Well, I've been trialing it. And it really helps if you're working with people who are similar, similarly similarly motivated as you and similarly conscientious. That helps. Um but uh, it depends what you, who you're working with, how you're working with them. For example, I work with people on my videos and some of these people I work with uh, and I pay them and uh, I've developed good relationships with these people where they understand what I want. They understand what I'm going for and uh, they work at such a speed that it works with what I'm trying to do and I also don't have unrealistic expectations and plan my processes ahead and I have systems built in for all of these things so it works and flows and there's as little friction as possible. So the same principles apply, but when you're working with other people, you have to bear in mind that they're not you. And you have to account for things like you know, how long they're going to take and how motivated they are and things of that nature. So you need to have realistic expectations baked in. Otherwise, you fuck your whole shit up. Gregory Witcher says, Do I remember correctly that you mentioned turning down work from Coca-Cola? Would you ever consider a larger entity or something similar being a backer to you? I'm thinking specifically of something akin to Eric Weinstein's risk advertising model for his The Portal podcast would be of higher interest to you if so. I don't know what his risk advertising model is, actually. I don't know what's going on there. I saw that was it yesterday? He'd taken down one of the videos from YouTube because he said didn't like one of the adverts that was shown on it, I don't know if I got this completely wrong because I was gonna text him and then I forgot. I was like, if that's what happened, that was very boomer because you can just turn off video advertising in, in the back end of YouTube. You don't need to delete the video. Maybe I got something wrong there. Maybe there was, he had an advert within the video. So I don't know what that is. Um, I do know that yes, in, when I was signed to Enthoscope, my a uh, and at the time approached me about letting Coca-Cola use, oh, what a glorious thing for an advertising campaign, and it would be like someone would wake wake up and my song is like, in the song, I'm talking about my day and waking up and stuff, and it would follow the lyrics, but the person would, the first thing they would do would be go to the fridge and pull out a Coca-Cola and crack the Coca-Cola. And uh, at the time, and I was like, no sellout, I'm not doing that. You can go shove it up your butt. Um, You know, these days, uh, if a giant company came to me with millions of dollars, Maybe the smarter thing to do would be to take the million dollars and reinvest those into the business and therefore uh, you know, make the business bigger and more useful and reach more people and help more people. Maybe that's what I would do. It's, it's a case-by-case case thing, I would say. But certainly these days, I'm a lot more open to the idea of working with big companies because I'm not a child and I no longer am of the uh, naive mindset that A, anything that makes money in large amounts is evil and B, uh, you know one should never deal with people who make lots of money or whatever like you know that was my socialist brainwashing which uh i've dismantled at this point praise b praises b wmiv says do you have a favorite drum break sample i hear footsteps in the dark sampled in a couple of your beats and i have to say that's my personal favorite uh i actually have never sampled footsteps in the dark but i have referenced it it's footsteps in the dark it's the intro of a, a song called footsteps in the dark uh, the drums at the beginning, they're great. And they've been used in lots of rap songs. Like it was a good day by ice cube. And, uh, Sang uses it a lot. What I did was I kind of, I, I sampled the groove of that loop. So I've sampled the groove of that loop and then made new drum loops using that groove, but with different sounds. If That makes sense. But, uh, certainly I, I have a ton of favorite drum, uh, Grooves and drum loops I have a bunch of them. I have a massive library of them and that's certainly one of them. Yes Yes uh, Conjurer Conjurage dolls how do you keep your intense focus? I keep getting excited about new opportunities and it keeps me fin- finishing the thing in front of me You must get lots of opportunities. How do you deal with this? Yes, I do and you have to focus on the projects at hand Otherwise, you won't get it done. Otherwise, nothing will get done So you have to kind of have to have a tunnel mindset when you're working on a thing So you need to block off time and be like, I'm just working on this thing. And maybe you want to create time in your day for entertaining other possibilities and entertaining other projects perhaps. Perhaps you spend eight hours a day working on your main project and four hours on a side project or something of that nature. But certainly you need tunnel vision, you need to block off time, you need to focus on the job at hand, and you also need to put in deadlines. Otherwise you'll never release anything or you'll never finish anything. You need to finish. You need to finish. You need to execute, complete, distribute, and then move on. And a lot of people will get stuck in the first phase. You know, it's why you've got to enforce deadlines. You've got to set yourself deadlines and enforce them. You need a calendar, you need a schedule, you need to break your tasks up into blocks of similar activities, which is batching, batch things. So, you know, last week, uh, what day was this? You know, this week I batched part of the, the Part of the process of an album and that was done and then this weekend. I'm batching another part of the process and then next week I'll be batching the final process and it will be done then I'll move on to the next project And uh, that's that's what you got to do man. You got to be you got to be disciplined. You got to You got to You've got to put structures and systems in your life and execute on them and stick to them. That's what you got to do discipline equals freedom. And that's just facts, Jack, that's just facts. All right, there's no getting away from that. There's no getting away from that. No, no, zero getting away from that. Okay, now, now, Uh, so anyway, thank you for the question. Henry Pulver says, have you read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? No, no, I've not. I can recommend it. It's an easy book that goes deep into philosophy. Okay, thank you. Much love from Cambridge University. Thank you. Shouts out to Cambridge University. I'll come visit you one day. I'll come visit you one day. Alexander KR. Have you heard about Alexander Bard? I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have. Leave something in the Discord for me to listen to. Uh, Case for Discovery says, What do your waves mean, bro? It is from waves of contempt question. What? What? What is that English? I do not understand that question. What do your waves mean, bro? It is from waves of contempt question. How can I decipher this? This bizarre hieroglyph. Well, do you know what the waves mean? That's what the waves mean. Uh, Cindy Bailey, two questions. What happened with the termite plague of biblical proportions? I really hope that's settled. <laughs> uh, I really hope that's settled. And this is less of a question, more of a suggestion. Use Dali's cars create and melt in a goth meaning wave. Okay. Okay, Dali cars create and melt. Uh, drop that in the Discord or DM at me or something. How about that? Uh, yeah, the locusts just, man, I sprayed those motherfuckers with uh, mother frickers. I sprayed them with vinegar. I murdered them. I murdered them all with vinegar. And that was that. They didn't come back. So I guess they were just a visiting, visiting plague that were just there for that moment to remind me of something or make me think of something or to just distract me from talking to you guys and just to train me in the art of communication whilst being distracted by armies of biblical mini creatures. So yeah. Uh, thank you. Cindy. Gunnar Larson, any more What's material planned? I've got lots of What's material planned. I've got enough Watts material for a hundred albums, frankly. A hundred albums. A hundred albums. A hundred albums. So yes, I definitely want to do that. I definitely want to do that. All of these things depend on permissions. Um, and that's uh, constant ebbing and flowing. Santiago says, how would you feel if someone used your beats for an independent mixtape? Um, interesting question. I have a lot of people asking me about that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. It depends on the artist, honestly. How I would, how I would honestly feel about it depends on if I liked the artist. It depends on what they were saying over those beats. If they were saying some stupid bullshit probably wouldn't like it. And if they were saying some corny preachy bullshit, I probably wouldn't like it. But if they were saying some cool shit, I would like it. For example, uh, a Japanese group hit me up and they want to use one of my beats and they asked me if they could and they want to license it and they're going to pay me. And that's really cool. Uh, It's good to be paid. And um, they're really good. They're really, really good. They're really good. Like, so I was flaccid. Cause I was like, you're really good. I would listen to your music. Like. This shit is really cool. So, yeah. That's honestly what it is, man. If I, if I like what the person is doing, then I would like it. And if I didn't, then I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, Mike Hall. What are the first lifestyle habits you undertook after becoming homeless and decided to shift your life for the better? Well, that's not really what happened. Um, that's not what happened. I wasn't thinking of it like that. I was just in struggle mode, man. I was homeless you know, I was homeless for a couple a couple of times. But when I was homeless in London, uh, I was homeless in London for a bit and sleeping in the train station and in some flower beds, I slept around the back of a bakery one night. And then I found some some, some friendly smackheads. And I swear I manifested them because I'd been reading Irvin Welsh's train spotting and they were just like something out of train spotting. The first guy uh, I met was called Anto, and he was he was Northern Irish. And he had a green mohawk. He was like a straggly punk, Grebo punk type guy. And I met him at a, by a train station, Turnpike Lane, I think it was. And he was selling travel cards, which is the thing they used to people used to do in London before uh, tap cards came along. You would sell travel cards. You'd find them, steal them, or something, and sell them. Anyway, and he, I just got chatting to him. And he invited me to come and sleep in a squat with him, which was really nice. Also, it's like, also a ridiculous thing for a teenage boy to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go stay in this squat with these junkies, but I did. Um, and he was really nice and he had this girlfriend and she was Scottish. And I'd pretended to be Scottish, by the way, because uh, I'd been doing door-to-door gas sales. And uh, they tell you in door-to-door gas sales that sales, salespeople with regional accents do better. And i developed a Scottish accent from reading Train Spotting, And it's written in phonetic Scottish. So I was reading it out loud in my head. So I was speaking like this, cause I'd, I'd kind of learned to speak like this cause I was reading the book. And it would write things like, oh you're dorsh cunt and shit like that. So I knew some colloquial isms. It's pretty bad now to be honest, but it was better then. So I, I just, default mode when this guy spoke to me, I kind of went into the Scottish accent. It's a bit like wearing a mask, I guess. I was a bit scared. And um, then I had to just keep pretending to be Scottish the whole time I was staying with them um, in this squat <laughs> in London, which is how I basically got to where I got to. And it was like, and I was staying in that squat and they had a mattress in the corner that they let me have and no one was allowed to touch it because they all had lice. So they left, I had this mattress in the corner of the room and there was like maybe four to 10 of us uh, in that room at any given time. And I got myself a job at, um at a press office for books and I was a photocopy boy and I used their internet to do to make my own uh, to publish my own music fanzine my own digital online magazine which was a very new idea and uh then I used that as a platform to get a job at a music website and I lied and said that I had exp- I'd written for uh, Mojo magazine and in those days like you could get away with those sorts of fabrications because you couldn't just google search anything and check it um, so I guess in answer to the question, what lifestyle habits did I undertake to when I decided to shift my life for the better? I don't know, man. I didn't shift lifestyle. I was, I was just fighting. I was just fighting <laughs> and just scrabbling out there and hustling and making opportunities and just going super hard, just making opportunities. I, you know, I would shower. We didn't have a shower in the squat. You know, I'd wash in the bathroom. I'd get in to work before anyone else. And I'd like have a horse bath in the bathroom. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, and every opportunity that came my way, you know, I, I made the most of that. I made the most of that. Like the music, the job I got at the music websites, cause I met a guy at a gig. I was going to gigs trying to be a music journalist cause I figured if I could become a music journalist, that would get me in the music industry and then I'd be able to make music. Cause at that point you had gatekeepers and it was all about sending demos to record labels. So I figured I could sidestep that. And uh, and I met a guy at a gig who was managing a band called My Vitriol. Oh yeah. and basically, yeah, I just like leveraged that into a contact of his to get an interview. And then I, Aced the interview. I fabricated a back fabricated an existing career as a music journalist. I was writing, I'd been making my own fanzine since I was 13, so I could do it. I was doing it. Um, I just kind of like fabricated who I'd been doing it for, and uh, and then I got into the music industry. And then you know, a few months later, I was able to rent my own apartment and leave the squat. But yeah, I didn't start like putting life like deliberate. Um lifestyle habits. I didn't even start thinking about the world in that way for a long time. For a long time. Uh so yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. I answered that super chat, didn't I? Julie says, Do you use affirmations? Yeah. Yeah I do. Affirmations are a very powerful thing. Uh, I think of it like uh, Grant Morrison is as, as well as a chaos magician sorry as well as a comic book writer he's a chaos magician and one thing they do in chaos magic is a thing called sigils. and that's like you have an intention and you write it down and you remove the repeating letters and the A's and the E's and things like that and you, you turn it into a glyph and then you meditate upon it in some fashion and then you burn the paper or whatever and What it is doing is taking the intention and burning it into your subconscious so that then your subconscious works on that intention and then makes it more likely to happen, basically. Because, uh, like, you know, most of what you do is subconscious. System one, system two. System one is kind of unconscious stuff that you do, reflex, habit, without thinking, whatever. System two is where the brain pays attention and sort of takes over. So the more that you can... When you want things to happen... You want to to achieve something... It's helpful to put it in your subconscious... And that's all affirmations are... An affirmation is burning something into your subconscious... So yeah... I use affirmations to burn things into my subconscious... That I want my subconscious to work on... As well as my conscious... You know... And that's all it is... And it's useful and it works... It's useful... And it works... Gregory says... um, Oh, hang on, sorry. I have more older questions. Oh, JMCG, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. Have you considered a Brian Cox wave? My uncle wants me to make a Brian Cox wave. My uncle does. And, uh, you know, Brian Cox has a lovely voice, doesn't he? He has a lovely voice. Um, So you never know. You never know. We we are going to go cosmic quite soon. We are going cosmic. Uh, The cosmic stage of the meaning wave universe is going to be unfolding. So, yeah, we shall see we shall see. Um, sir peppers. Thanks for collating the questions. My guy, I appreciate you says, what would you say is your favorite, uh, album or EP cover art from your own albums or EPs on a, an all time favorite from my own. What's my favorite cover art? No, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, going to be lame and say I don't know is that fair that's not fair is that I should probably just do one uh, let me have a look at them I'm going on to Spotify to observe myself to observe my cancer look there's on Spotify that's not the full cancer look it's not necessarily the smartest way of doing it but anyway uh, let's have a look what have we got that Naval album has got a really nice cover I like that that's a nice one um, Elon one's very good Themes is very good. I quite like that living in the future 2011. That's actually me in the shower in uh, Stephen Hage's place in Paris and my wife took the photo and that's not Photoshop color. That's actually the color of his shower. He had the most aesthetic shower I've ever come across and it had multiple shower heads blasting you from every direction. (laughs) Um, I honestly, currently I like my artwork but I don't think it's as good as I want it to be yet. Not, nothing is, nothing is. I really want, you know, the music is still in the early stages. The music still, you know, is getting better and better and it's going to be so much better. I'm really excited for this time next year because everything is going to be so much better than it is now. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, so Peppa says, are the Akira interviews on ice right now? And could we see a return of it in the future? Yeah, I definitely, that side of the podcast talking to other people, I definitely, Want to do a lot more of those and I really enjoy doing them. It's a case of scheduling and currently we've been focusing on the albums And uh trying to get ahead on that working on getting ahead on that so I'm I'm working as hard as I can To get ahead because I was at the stage where it was like I'd be working and as soon as I'd finish a thing I'd be like right it needs to come out now And then straight into another one and I want to get to a point where like I've got content done ahead of time, like an album's finished, it's scheduled to come out in two months and it's done. So I'm getting to that point and then we can start doing uh, interviews again. And we're, cl- we're getting close. We're getting close. We are getting close. So yeah. Uh, what influential person is next for Meaning Wave? Uh, well, the next two are uh, Jordan Peterson and Gary V. Uh, there's other people, but I'm not telling you about them yet because I like surprises. I like surprises. Don't you like surprises? I like surprises. Devin says, are you self-taught or were there mentors along the way? I'm very much self-taught. And uh, there wasn't even YouTube when I started. So I was, I was trial and error taught. It wasn't even that I could go online and look at tutorials. I just said that I literally was like hitting buttons and pressing things and listening to what they did and working it out that way. Now, along the way, uh, there were a few mentors because uh, when I got my first record deal, um, Interscope Records put me in with some producers and I worked with a guy called James Brown. And I, I learned a great deal from him. And, and I've got so much eternal love and admiration for that man. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. And uh, he did wonderful work on that record and he taught me a great deal. And he was very patient and he was very uh, like welcoming. Welcoming me into his life and his heart. And, uh, and he showed me so much. I'm so grateful to that guy. And uh, Danny Saber as well, I worked on that record with. And similarly, you know, I stayed in his, in his home, which was a converted Masonic lodge uh, in Laurel Canyon. And I stayed there and, and I learned a great deal from him. Uh, I worked with Emil, uh, who, who you may know from those Kanye West and Lana Del Rey records. And I learned a great deal from him and then on my second album, I made that with Stephen Haig. Again, he welcomed me into his home. I stayed at his home in Rye and Hastings and he showed me and taught me so much. He really taught me a great deal. And he showed me logic and I was working on PCs before I met him and I was using Fruity Loops and Acid and he showed me logic on a Mac and, and that's what I'm on now. And the whole system I have now uh, is based on an afternoon I spent with Stephen Haig and he, he spent an afternoon of his time showing me just the basics of logic. And, um, so I'm very, very grateful to him for that as well and, and everything else he gave me. So yeah, th- those have been some of the people in my life who I've learned from Errol Alkin, Errol Alkin, DJ, a very influential figure. Uh, he was a good friend of mine and I used to hang out in the DJ booth with him when I was a kid watching him DJ and I, and I soaking up, I soaked up so much stuff from him. I didn't really, at that point I wasn't even interested in DJing. I was interested in rapping at that point. I would just hang out in the DJ booth with him, rapping over records. But I just soaked up so much knowledge from, from him that when I became a DJ, I'd realize, oh shit, this is something I learned from Errol. So yeah, those people were very influential and I'm very grateful to them. And uh, yeah, you know, it's very useful to have figures like that in your life, but if you can't find them, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the so-called real world, these days you can find them digitally. This is something I talk about a lot, but you can really choose your peers. You can choose your uh, mentors. You can subscribe to their podcast, follow them on Twitter, watch them doing YouTube streams. You can ask them questions. You know, we can do this now. You can choose an army of people who will shape you into the best version of yourself that you wish to create, that you wish to manifest, Mm -hmm. that potential best version of yourself. The people to help you do that are out there, and you can find them right now they can help you right now. And that's just wonderful. That's just wonderful. Uh, Gregory says, Is there a playlist of all the new releases from longest to go to the most recent? Uh, I ask because I want to at least once from start to finish, listen to your entire discography and experience your evolutionary journey as an artist, you are helping others change. And I think it'd be interesting to see the meta change. The changer of others changing themselves in flow. Like you've spoken many times before about doing a DJ set and the crowd and you have a back and forth. Like that, but extended out over a long time frame. Yeah, um, you probably do that on Bandcamp. I mean, I deleted, <laughs> I did delete a lot of my work. You know, I released like 50 mixtapes between 2004 and 2014, that first decade of the dawn. And I deleted almost all of them, They did, I did. But you know, you can if you go on the Bandcamp, like my first album is on there, the first EP is on there, I believe. So like the main albums are there and then all that. So you can listen to like a large portion of it and you can listen to it sequentially. You can do that on Bandcamp. So that's probably, the, that's probably the best place for you to be able to do that right now. Um, there are, you know, there's fans out there who've got everything. There's fans out there who saved everything. So, I mean, if you really wanted to go deep, like, you could, you could link up with people on the Discord and you could put together something, uh, a way of listening to everything in sequence, like all the mixtapes and everything. Um, yeah. So maybe that's, that's the best way to do it, I would say. All right, uh, let's take two more questions from the chat. And then I think it's time to wrap this Saturday broadcast up. Oops, let's wrap the Saturday broadcast up. Uh, yeah, let's have a look. What's going on? Bandcamp, yeah, Bandcamp. The link is in the bio, the link is in the video description. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. All right, random question. I just scroll and drop a random question. Did someone ask something really early that I should answer? Daniel says, I love the intro and the sound effects. Thank you. I love them too. Oh, I can put a delay on. Let's see. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um... Oh, okay. Zap says, have you, or would you do a live streaming set? Yes. i literally have been doing that every Sunday for the past four weeks. So yeah, every Sunday here, live from Don Towers, we're doing uh live DJ sets. And then, uh, I take the audio from that and upload it as a mix later on the best ones anyway. Uh, so that's every Sunday at 8 p.m. I believe we're doing them at 8 p.m. I think 8 p.m. is the right time. And they're really cool. They're really enjoying them. And I did one uh, on Thursday as well, an impromptu one. I just was up here and I was like, you know what, that one I did on Sunday, it wasn't as good as it could have been. I could do that way more epic. That could be way more epic. So I just switched on the stuff and did it. And it was sick. I really enjoyed it and it came out great. And uh, that's the Studio Ghibli. Ghibli and chill mix that's up on the YouTube now you can listen to that and if you're on patreon or Subscribestar, star if you uh, support the wave in over those places then you uh, can get you have access to watch those live streams uh, after the fact the archived recording of them you can watch those there so if you want to watch some live sets go over to patreon or Subscribestar Akira the Don and uh, if you're paying any, any level tier, you can watch those streams and you can download the audio. That's where you can do that. So I'm, ple- I'm pleased that I found that was really cool because I really enjoyed doing those and like, you- there's nowhere really on the internet you can legally put DJ mixes wow. these days. It's very difficult. Um, Patreon and Subscribestar is a good solution for that. And also, by the way, uh, Jordan Peterson's Spot social networking uh, crowdfunding blog platform uh, is about to launch and your friendly neighborhood Don is gonna be there and we're gonna be doing some real cool stuff there some real cool stuff there and I'm pretty excited about that and part of that will be doing gigs doing live sets and things of that nature So I'll be telling you more about that over the coming weeks, but that's coming up pretty fast. Uh, Yeah, I've been having some really exciting conversations with them. They've got some really good technology on the back end. You can, we can do stuff with that platform that we can't do anywhere else currently. So that's very exciting. So I'm excited for you all to uh, to come over there and for that to get going and uh, yeah. Gregory says, tiny home tour bus, are you interested? Who are you talking to? You talking to me or someone else? What's a tiny home tour bus? What's a home tour bus? Is that like a tiny bus that you just drive around your house? Name a future meaning wave cryptocurrency. Well, I'll tell you when we launch it. I'll tell you when you l- we launch it. Yeah, you excited? Uh, Apollo says, I was listening to Noah Shebib and forgot about the stream. Well, I'll forgive you. I forgive you. 882 says, brother, you're Polish, aren't you? Uh, my grandfather, he was very Polish. He was very Polish. Very, very Polish. A noble, a noble Polish forehead and uh, kidnapped by the Russians at, as a teenager, put in a concentration camp. He was called Tadeusz. Tadeusz Nakievich. he drove a tank. I live in a penthouse in West Hollywood. I just think about that shit all the time. I just think about that shit all the time. Just intergenerational strides forward. You know, my dad was born in a slum. Technically a slum, it was technically a slum. He was born, my mom was born in a slum as well. The houses they lived, she lived in, I think it was her, like they didn't have windows. They were just all stacked on top of each other. You know, they had houses. A couple generations before that, there weren't houses, you know. Granddad in a concentration camp, father in a slum. Hercules was born above a kebab shop in Hackney Wick. And now we live in a penthouse in West Hollywood. I'm looking out the window and there over there is the Hollywood sign, there's a palm tree behind me and I'm using incredible technology to communicate with this audience of this international audience of bad, 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 bad motherfuckers across the globe, which is you, and you, and you. Here we all are, here we all are, at the peak of recorded human civilization on this, on this absolutely freaking beautiful day to be alive. So thank you, thank your mom, thank your dad, Thank your grandmother, thank your grandfather, thanks to everyone who, who died and suffered and lived that we may enjoy this miracle. Thank you everyone for being here. This has been Ask Akira. Meaning is the wave. Wave gang or drown. We'll be back next week. You'll be able to listen to this on the podcast feed. By the way, that's all up to date. So you subscribe on your podcasting thing of choice, uh, join the Patreon or join the Subscribestar, join the Discord, subscribe, make sure you're still subscribed, hit the bell for notifications and we'll be here tomorrow night, 8 p.m. PST for a live DJ set. So I hope you all come here for that. It's going to be dope. And yeah, appreciate you. Get after it.